0: Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Uri Jedi. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we take a moment to acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to connect with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness in their individual journeys. Our hope is to encourage you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. I did not know of my next guest until 48 hours preceding this recording. As the universe, energy, and a little sprinkle of Instagram randomness would have it, sometimes all you got to do is try something out and see what you end up with. What started with a recently released short film on Vimeo quickly shifted to me ferociously tracking down the creator, And eventually, sooner rather than later, the both of us were intensely texting back and forth about how we could collaborate. And lo and behold, his grace and warmth ended up on this humble fans podcast as a new guest. Originally from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, with a noticeably whimsical personality that is only matched by his incredible body of work, Stephen Baboon is the kind of individual that admittedly will not be ignored. As a photographer, writer, visual artist, filmmaker, Babun's art is aimed at unveiling, challenging, and exploring social topics in Haiti, such as social class, racism, queerness, identity, and religion, all very specific, if not to say quite controversial elements of a society that has yet to come to terms with them. This conversation left me both moved and emotionally charged. Stephen's words, spoken with a passion and vulnerability that can only come from a place of sincere self-awareness, allowed for an incredible exchange where we discussed his upbringing, his inspiration, his personal traumas, his ambitions, his love for his native land, and so much more. A terrific exchange, which I hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 88 with Stephen Baboon. Here we go. Why I genuinely wanted to reach out to you, Stephen. First of all, obviously, congratulations on your wonderful piece called Entree, which we'll definitely get into, but I don't want to burn the lead. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for the people to understand how when you radiate energy and when you, pre- when you promote genuine, heartfelt and authentic work ripples in the universe will happen faster than you think.
1: Wow, thank you. I did
0: yeah. not I did not know of you <laughs> until yeah. 2 days ago as wow. of this recording. And with the miracle of the universe and Instagram a fellow artist, which I'm not sure if you know, Yael Talleyrand. Yes, sir, Absolutely. I do, I do. So she shared a story about the piece. I'm like, yeah, you guys should definitely check out Stephen Rabun's work. And if it's, if you, if you hate art, he doesn't care. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, Yael is very, very witty in the way she that's shares my her girl. content.
1: Exactly. So exactly.
0: there was that. And then like, oh, okay, that's just Yael being Yael. Okay, fine. So just flip that. And then another friend. Uh, another creative, another fellow creative who I also admire and respect, shared the same thing and shared something in her story saying, like, you know, Stephen Raboon, your work gives me life. I'm like, who is wow. this guy? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> You're like, who are they talking about? <laughs> am, I, am I missing something here? And, and then, I don't know, it's just the way Twitter and Instagram works, is just like guntry, hashtag guntry, hashtag guntry, hashtag yeah. I was like, okay, this is getting annoying here. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> who is this guy? And then I have to say, those were some a very impactful set of, like, a very short film mm-hmm. but i don't know i don't know if i what was happening on that day but dude i <laughs> felt home i felt the pain i felt wow. the excitement i felt the reflection i felt the authenticity i felt you singing yelling crying feeling jumping laughing yeah. i don't know i know i'm just probably being very giddy right no, now no. i'm not sure
1: i, I love was... to, i love to hear this thank you
0: It was an amazing experience. And I shared it on WhatsApp, on my socials and everything. And definitely it will be on the blog post for this episode, obviously. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Of course, you know, now when you go back to the rabbit, go down the rabbit hole, you have to try to climb back up. So, okay, who is Steven Rabun? Who is this guy? So, you know what? DM. Like, you know what? DM. Who are you, dude? Like, let's connect. Let's connect. Stephen, welcome how it to happens. the Awakened Awesome podcast, man. I appreciate your presence, man. Thank you so much, and welcome for be. Thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's I'm excited. It's such an honor, and I'm ready to talk. I'm ready to spill it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs>
0: Seriously, uh, just coming up. Just and this is a very authentic and very honest question because. Yeah. I always admire people living their truth, especially within the creative field, whether uh, visual artists, photographers, singers, writers, painters, uh, filmmakers. I always admire that, especially from one aspect of being a parent myself. And I understand growing up, uh, especially growing up in Haiti, uh, Mm -hmm. very square, very, let's just say practical mindset of where your life is supposed to lead you. So when you come across a child who wants to pursue a creative field, yeah I understand right now having kids myself, probably my parents' perspective as well you know they want mm-hmm. you to be the doctor, the lawyer, so from your perspective growing up, how was your family environment like you know what what were the messages yeah. that you got from your parents growing up? I'm curious about that
1: yeah so i I don't know man i always say I was blessed to have the parents i I have um I say that my dad saved me. My dad is the one who, like, really let me express myself, never put limits on me. But my mom, you know, she's Haitian. She's also Haitian Arab. So, you know, like, they, they want you to be a doctor. They want you to be a, you know, lawyer. I mean, I understand where they're coming from. They want you to make money and to be finan- financially secure, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I was a very expressive kid. You know, I fe- I was feeding off of art to kind of survive because I felt... I don't know. Like I just felt alone sometimes, and I was a very like to myself kind of kid, you know. Okay. Um, and so I would, I, I would, I would write. I started on stage actually, like you did, Olivier. We were talking off air a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I started a drama club at my school, and I finally picked up a film camera, and I fell in love. I used to make little movies with my brother in the backyard, and I used to, we used to do little teats and stuff in school, like like shows in school and stuff. So art was. That's all I did, that's all I knew. I used to write a lot. Um, I got introduced to photography at fourteen. So I gravitated to these tools of expression at a very young age. So for me, when they get like this is I can't do I don't see myself doing anything else. You know, and at a very young age, my parents picked up on that. You know, and my my dad you know, it, it's crazy because people expect me to be like, yeah, they're Haitian parents and they're like, you know, but I was blessed enough to have parents who, you know, were willing to take that chance with me. Uh, more so my dad than my mom. My mom's like, <laughs> you know, she's like asking the real question.
0: Obviously, like, uh, you know, can you actually put food on the table to exactly. support yourself and your family eventually?
1: Yeah. And, you know, you know, as a child, you don't care about that. You know, you, you, you just be fair, so you fit. Know, Obviously. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, yeah. And I guess my mom trusts me enough and she thought I, I took it pretty seriously. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I had a lot of people outside my family, I guess, in my family, immediate family and stuff like that. in my circle who are like kind of discouraging me, you know, like. You can do it as a hobby, but like, make sure you have a backup plan. That's the word they use. Backup plan, backup plan. Always. The plan B. And I'm like, no, that's my plan A. My plan B is, I don't know, I don't know yet. We'll cross that bridge when we figure it out, but when we get to it, but yeah. So like outside, you know, Haitians always, back up, back up. but
0: yeah. Yes, it comes with short, the territory. It comes with the it, territory of growing up where, from where we went. It definitely does.
1: It definitely does. But yeah, my story is a little bit different with my parents, um, because I guess they saw something in me. I don't know. I guess they were behind closed doors, but, you know, like, behind closed doors, but I mean, they, they, they really let me explore that side, which I'm very grateful for. So
0: So it's important to obviously be thankful to have the proper support system.
1: Definitely. You know? Definitely. Very thankful. Very, very thankful. But Yeah.
0: Cause I explore that right now. Cause I have two young kids and a lot of people are telling me like, you know, it's a, it's a little bit too early to actually shape their personality. And I don't right. think so because okay. I think that in this environment that we're yeah. growing up right now, since we're exposed a lot more exposed than we used to be growing up. Yeah. So yeah. it's important for me to give them the right, tools to think differently to elevate themselves that's why it's really when you mentioned the fact that you know you were a little bit secluded is what i heard yeah um, how so your artistic expression was a way basically to break that cycle i don't
1: understand yeah when i say secluded i was very like you know and uh-huh. listen to music by myself and, and and dance and write and create and think um i was very like me like I socialize for four hours and I need to be by myself. I'm a little wolf in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, wow, I lost my train of thought. thought. I <laughs>
0: no, oh, we were just God. asking because you because you mentioned a lot. Don't worry, oh. but we're just both excited. I totally get yeah. you. Man. We're, we're resonating here. <laughs> yeah. No, the question was regarding basically how every kid is going to go through that cycle, right? Growing up, oh, yeah, and yeah. eventually you will come to that chapter where you're trying to understand yourself, define yourself, yeah. and express yeah. yourself. And right. what I'm hearing from you is that like. Fortunately, you yeah. had the right support system to help you express that, mostly through art, but also the right people, like you know your parents and family, who didn't yeah, try yeah. to you know choke you but let yeah. you be. Yeah. Basically, how important is it to make yeah. sure that you have the proper mindset and the proper environment around yeah. you? Because we're going to go through that, yeah. you know, not right. just through our family but through our friends, our colleagues, yeah. our, our our you know our business associates. It's important to have the right, right. support system.
1: I. I say I have my I had my parents' support, um, which was really important. And I also had my friends' support, which was really important. Um, I got really lucky. I think if I did not, if I wasn't well-surrounded and people didn't believe in me, Olivier, I really think that I wouldn't be an artist today, right? And it's like, you don't need to be, you know, this misconception of, okay, you, your family needs to support you, this and that, like, it would be great But if you're very passionate about being an artist and really devoting yourself to the craft, you Uh will find your chosen family, what I call your artist family. You will find another support elsewhere. Um, And it's not when I came to the U.S. where I found, like, yes, I have friends who support me, parents who support me, but they don't understand artistically the world I'm in, you know? Uh So you don't have artist support per se. You have people who support you, but that's different from having people in the field who support you as well. Right, so it's when I came to the states in college and stuff like that, I really met artists like mine and like me, and we started really creating a community where we can have each other's back and go to each other when we have questions and stuff like that. Um, that's another type of support system that's important to have a support system within your field because as an artist, my parents, i it's hard to make money. you know you live paycheck by paycheck. I'm your freelance. dreams cost money. Your dreams cost money. I'm a freelance right now and I work three jobs, you know um in New York. Um, so it's like, that people in your field, I'm sorry, I'm switching to Creole. People it's in your okay. Field,
0: it's okay. We're among yeah, friends. Don't worry about
1: it. Yeah. People in your field as well. So you need that home support system and you also need that kind of creative support system. But there's no excuse. You will find support if you, if you seek it, you know? And if you're passionate about it. So, yeah, it's very important to have a support. Trust me, Olivier, if I didn't have a support, I don't think, I think I'd be working on nine to five at a cubicle right now. So, I hope you no don't to, do that. No hates anybody who works a cubicle job. That's you. If you like it, you like it. But, no, thank you.
0: Thank you for yeah. saying that. Because acceptance <laughs> of, and that's the thing, right? Because yeah. you also learn on both sides of the spectrum, right? Because you're yeah. not throwing shade. Nobody's oh, because, no. you know, we grew up in that environment where just throws, you know, just condescension towards yeah, anybody, yeah. unless you're working, a, a, unless you're like, you know, you're doing a, a headlining compa band or whatever, because bahaians yeah. love their compa. But yeah. anything in terms of like, you know, the visual arts and, yeah. you know, just just expressing yourself, to, I don't know, through clay or, you know, yeah. just dancing. It's tough. And I'm guessing it's out of love or maybe ignorance. And I say that in a very loving way. Ignorance, you just do not know what you're going through. And I thank you for saying that because, and I was going to another question, just like you, Um, how, so why, why did you, so when did you leave for the, for, for the States? Exactly.
1: Yeah, I left real estate for college. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, as it is, Olivia, you grew up in Haiti. You know, you probably have friends who've done high school, elementary here. And then there's no really opportunities here. Like for, you know, so people fly to Canada, the U.S., Europe to go have their higher education. That's that's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. So I left Haiti after I graduated high school at Kiskea Christian School um, Mm -hmm. at 17. I left for Washington, D.C. I attended American University. And I got my undergrad in filmmaking. And education studies, yeah. So I did that for four years. I graduated, then I moved to Miami, worked a little bit in photography, fashion, doing a couple gigs here and there. Hated Miami. (laughs) And I was like, and I loved school, Olivia. I really loved to learn. I really loved that academic setting. And I felt I wasn't done learning. I wasn't done polishing my mind, my craft, my soul. I wasn't done being exposed and absorbing everything. So I was like, okay, F it. I'm going to apply to grad school. And I, I applied to grad school. I got into Parsons I, in New York City. Oh, nice. and, I, and exactly a year ago today, I moved to New York um, to start my grad degree. And, and
0: epic, in New York.
1: Epic. Epic. Yeah, so that's, that's when I left. Wow. Yeah. So
0: yeah, yeah. Wh- I, again, so I'm sorry, I can't just skip over it. Why did okay. you, why was it so horrible about Miami?
1: Um, I think for me, Miami, like Miami was great. The weather was nice, you know, good food, good culture. I had my Haitians. I loved the little Haiti, but I feel I feel like it was too limiting or too exclusive mm-hmm. in the sense that it's very fashion, very bikini, very like swimwear, vibe in in terms of photography. The art scene was growing. It's a little bit exclusive. so I didn't really find my way, my voice there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it, it, I don't know, like driving around everywhere. I, I'm i a city boy at heart. I, that wasn't really my, my kind of lifestyle. And I felt that that environment was limiting my expression, limiting myself. So that's why I, I I mean, no shade to Miami. I love Miami. Look, That's my second home. But oh, for sure. I don't know, because it was my second home, I was like, okay, no, you know, like I can't, I can't be here. And so, yeah, that's why I left. So yeah. what's
0: the, uh, so are you feeling more at home in New York?
1: Yeah, I, I'm loving it in New York. I, I definitely feel a, a little bit more at home. I feel like there's definitely more opportunities for me. There's definitely lots to learn, especially I'm in an academic setting again. So that's a, an advantage, you know, as well. But I'm really loving New York. I'm, I'm experimenting a lot with myself, with my art. I'm meeting people from walks of life that inform my work and inform my practice, which is, which is great, which is all I can ask for, so.
0: And that yeah, is something happier. that definitely resonates in the fact that, and this is something I try to push a lot through a lot of the conversation that we have on this program, mm-hmm. is the fact that you need to surround yourself with like-minded yes. people. And that's yes. not condescending the people that you have. Of course, you love your family, you mm-hmm. love your kids, you love your friends. But as you said, and I'm happy you use the words, some people sure. don't get it, and that's okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and some people don't get it, and that's okay. But I, w- I want to add that, yes, surround yourself with like-minded people, but also surround yourself with the opposition. So it's good from oh, time, okay. to time to time to taste what other people are thinking, even though you don't agree, even though it's, it might be foul. I mean, but it's good to think, to see how other people think and to see what other ideals are out there, to strengthen yourself, to strengthen your values and your morals, you know? Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely good to surround yourself with like-minded people. But from time to time, dip into, listen to what others are saying, you know. Um, not to say to agree with it or to mm-hmm. convert into their ideals Because gender out there, you know, they, I mean, are dangerous and toxic in the way they're thinking. Look, I mean... I want to take Trump for example, but you know, mm-hmm. the US right now and Trump as a president and you can't
0: avoid it. You right? can't avoid it. You, can't you, just, avoid it. Can't avoid, still you just
1: can't avoid it. It's still there, but you it's have to be exposed there. to all of that too. But yeah.
0: How yeah. do you manage to keep yourself grounded? You know, because with all the noise going around, how do you stay, you know, authentic to yourself yeah. or is that a well, daily struggle?
1: Olivia, you said it. You said noise. Noise is not important. When you hear noise, you cover your ears. You don't want to hear noise. So I, this is all noise. All the negativity, maybe the backlash or the persecution, or people who don't get it, who are trying to change you, or trying to tell you who you are, or trying to tell you who you who you are not. You know, all of that is noise. So you just tune it out and you do what God put you on this earth to do. Um, but it's hard. We're human. We're flesh. Obviously, sometimes it's it's hard to be strong. You know sometimes I break down and I broke down yesterday and I broke down two weeks ago, you know okay. especially with yeah especially with the kind of art I create it's very psychological and it 's very um, I literally am a target i 'm putting myself out there literally open book open arms, open everything, so some pe- sometimes i can 't differentiate Stephen the human and Stephen the artist because you attack Stephen the artist, you attack Stephen the human so How does (laughs) are they really
0: separate though? Are they really two? This for different people, or they're just you know different layers of the same individual?
1: Exactly. Um, That's something I'm still figuring out, and that's something I'm learning to switch on and off. So again, we're human, but you know what noise? You said it perfectly. You don't want to hear noise; you cancel it out. That's it.
0: Epic. Um, it could be a personal question, and if you want to just skip over it, totally fine. Yes. Um, but you said sure, something yeah. that really um, touched me and the way that, you know, you have to put yourself in the target. So to launch that conversation and yes, you're right. Having been exposed to your art for the past 48 hours and mm-hmm. just really on the surface here, I really mm-hmm. do understand what you mean in your bio on Instagram by provocateur because you see your art uh, yeah. again. I'm going at it by just a natural Human being. Art is like a good meal. Either you like it or you don't. And everybody experiences different flavors differently. So that's how I'm experiencing your art. It does strike emotion. It does strike thought and it does make you think. You know, you're just like, I, like you said, I like to use the word. It's whimsical, but, and I also mean that there's a lot of, um, emotion. There's a lot of, um, I could say, um, I'm not. I don't want to call it aggressive, but I do want to call it impactful. It does impact me in a certain way. You can
1: call it aggressive. You can call it aggressive if you. Because,
0: can. and yeah. the personal question was as follows: sure. Is because I I saw your personal piece of um about the queer space, especially yeah. in Haiti. Anything touching the LGBTQ, yeah, you know, yeah, aspects of yeah. being human, right? Yeah. Yeah. In Haiti, and you know what I'm yeah. talking about, yeah. Haiti has a, still a lot of ways to go in terms yes. of acceptance yes. of uh, our queer brothers and yes. sisters. Yes. And I'm just asking, how in the world do you <laughs> get the courage to <laughs> produce pieces yeah. clearly in expressing your personal homosexuality? How yeah. is it growing up queer in Haiti, dude?
1: Ah, that's another can of worms, and I love this conversation because this is who I am, and I'm very open, so no worries at all. Growing up queer in Haiti was very interesting. I didn't come out until I graduated high school, so really I was very to myself. I never suppressed my homosexuality or my queerness. I knew this was who I am at an early age. I never tried to tell myself otherwise, but... I don't, I feel like God really knew what he was doing with me. So he gave me the courage to kind of keep to myself and be happy with that. And he gave me a way out with college. And so when I could, I went to college, that's where I could explore and develop my identity and sexuality in a fairly safe space as Washington DC in 2013 right um, where you know the gay community has already been accepted and, and movements have been championed so I could really explore myself in in that safe space and I'm Olivia I say this I'm very lucky and blessed and privileged that I could because I know I have a lot of brothers and sisters, a lot of Haitian siblings who are gay who are in Haiti who don't have that luxury and that pains me and I and I'm aware of that and everybody's journey is different obviously but that was my journey so I had a way out and that way out really helped me to solidify so when i could come back to Haiti i was on i was okay with myself mm-hmm. you know i was i built myself um, but when it comes to other people's reactions family members all of that that's another can of worms you that's know another like, can of worms. you know you lose friends and you family members talk behind your back or family members you know really that's
0: got to be they, tough
1: you really pay, they really pain you more than strangers do you know mm-hmm. so that's another can of worms um but I was very well surrounded. I had a great, a great group of friends, my high school friends. Shout out if you're hearing this. Y'all know who you are. Like, they really, really, uh, like, really, 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 really embraced me. Um, it's all
0: about the company you it's keep. It's
1: all about the company, my chosen family. I love them so much. I say without my friends, really, I wouldn't have the confidence um, that I have today. Um but yeah, so that's my story. Uh, I face, a... face persecution every day for who I am, you know. Hate messages, people out, you know, <laughs> in the streets, and people coming up to you and, and telling you really nasty things. But that's all noise too, you. That's all noise too, and you know, it's you all noise. It's all noise. We have to but figure like, it out. Everybody's the... journey is different, and I'm not saying that being gay in Hades is, is something to take lightly. It is not because that's a whole nother podcast. Obviously, obviously, (laughs) obviously, you know, it's just,
0: uh, you know, because we could go on like months on end on this conversation, but you know what? It's so, it's so um, impactful, especially for me, because it's just a personal story. I I had to, just like you had to basically, you had the out, you know, to go to DC. And as you express, you know, had the opportunity to actually express yourself and live yourself and, you know, solidify yourself. For me, on the flip side, I had to travel abroad to realize, and I'm sorry to, and I had to admit this to myself to realize how Haiti had made me pretty much of a bigot, but
1: no, you're not wrong.
0: <laughs> I had to travel abroad and because Montreal, I went to University de Quebec à Montréal, and right yeah. next door, like down the street is what basically like, you know, what, what they call commonly, they affectionately call the gay village down yeah. the street. But again, being totally secluded mindset wise, I'm just walking down the street and I'm just like, there's something, there's something different about this neighborhood. I don't, I yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and again, <laughs> flags are everywhere, but I don't know this. Yeah. I don't know this. This is, just my, I'm just, this is 2001. I just came from Haiti. And, yeah. you know, of course, you know the words. You say that stuff, like, just openly, right? Yeah. But you don't understand until you have some. No, I have best friends. Yeah. I have people I love near and dear. And I have to put myself back in those shoes in 2001 yeah. and realize, oh, my God. I was a very vicious bigot, man. I grew up bigoted and I don't blame my parents. I don't blame the country. I, but it's a culture. And as I like to say, hate is taught.
1: Hate is taught. Hate is taught. I agree. Hate is taught. And it's,
0: you
1: know, and it's not until you step back from your environment that you, you, you face your traumas and the problematic things you grew up in you know so it's never too late to realize these things
0: no it's not no it's not and you know i you know it's not even about atoning but you acknowledge that oh okay it's my responsibility to change my dynamic to change my dialogue exactly my children are not growing up in haiti they're growing up in montreal but when they're talking about oh so and so has two moms yeah oh yes they do How lucky she is. Right. See? It's like, would you like to have two moms? It's like, oh, no, but his other dad. Yeah, that's his other dad. It's like, but, huh, it's okay. You have to have that conversation until we get Mm -hmm. to the point of sexual identity. I'm not going to have you question your identity. That's another, like we said, another chapter. But I have to have the courage to have this conversation because this was not taught to me. And I need to make sure that at least with me and my kids, I need to be able to break the cycle. Wow.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so amazing to hear that coming from a father, you know, like, because we're going in a world where things are becoming accepted really rapidly, and people are tired of not being able to express themselves. So yeah, the more that you can, you can teach your kids that there are different flavors in the world, and you're your own flavor, the better they will, the the more loving they will, they will navigate this world, I believe so. Amazing.
0: Amazing. Just, just really whimsically. I just, I love that word. I realize I'm really, I'm going to start
1: using that word now. (laughs) I love that word now.
0: It's going to sound really cliche. Have you ever felt right now on your artistic journey or are you still seeking that? Have you ever felt that you've quote unquote made it? Because no. you've been with notable with notable celebrities, you've been published, your work has been, you know, noted pretty much. You know, you've, your name gets around. Sure. But Are you still on that path? Are you w- ever growing? Or, or have you ever come and, to a point where, oh, I'm good?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, an artist never reaches where they need to be, ever. Because the the life of an artist is a life of endless research and creation. Yes, you can. You can definitely have a practice of visual identity that you created yourself, and then you're, you're 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 confident in your practice. But growing and feeling like you made it. First of all, the word "made it," quote unquote, is very subjective and very you know it, it just really depends on how you view yourself and your worth. Um, but I never feel like I will stop learning or growing or evolving. My taste, my artistic practice, my style changes every day as I meet new people, as things happen to me, as things happen to the people around me. Um, and the term make it, I will make it when I can sit back at 80 years old <laughs> and I see my camera and it doesn't work anymore and I have no images to create. That's when I will, I will make it. Like that's when I, I will know, okay, Steven, but I know that will never happen because photographers, artists are constant researchers and constant visual makers. Um, but yeah, I, I, but I do wanna say I'm so blessed and privileged and lucky that I get to work with these amazing people um, and they know who they are. Um, mm-hmm. So they make me feel like I make it, you know? The, these people who I surround myself with, um, fellow artists. It doesn't matter if you're Michael to Michael Jack friend, my artist friend sitting next to me in the classroom being inspired and around these people make me feel like i make it i made it you know so i don't know if that makes sense it totally <laughs> makes
0: sense it totally um, makes, sense. It makes sense totally that's makes sense
1: how, that's uh, that's that's how i um, that's how i'm answering that some
0: question. genuine impactful energy that i get from yeah. you because when thank you, thank you. you are again and i think that i'm really trying to articulate this properly I feel recently in this entire confusion of noise and comparing ourselves by swiping and swiping and swiping, we Mm -hmm. lose sight Mm -hmm. of what matters and is right here with us in the now, which is us, which is ourselves. And when I hear somebody like you redefine and express with all that much energy and passion about what gets you up in the morning, what gets you jazzed, what gets you, what's the sweat on your brow. It's just Mm -hmm. expressing yourself through your art and the people that you love and just expressing yourself, like you said, all the way through your 80. That is nothing short of humbling. And I wish people would be a lot bit more in tune with that sense of self. And I'm just wondering, do you have, and I'm just really asking off the top, is there any tips you can give people to stop feeling so exhausted trying to just, you know, compare themselves and just accept yourself, man? What Mm -hmm. would you tell them?
1: You know what? I'm 23, right, Olivier? And I have this constant conversation with my best friend all the time. We are bombarded with competition daily. You open Instagram, You know, you have the pressures. Damn, like, this photographer just shot Beyonce. Fuck, what am I doing wrong? Like, I need to, like, I need to get to it. Like, I need to contact people. I need to network more. I need to shoot more. I need to this more. I need to that more. The reality of it is, is that it's all timing. You know, it's all, it's all, the person shot Beyonce. Well, that was his time. He was removed from where he was and they discovered his talent, you know? So this constant flow of competition of people, also people flaunting they're not flaunting, but people kind of like showing the day to day of their, of their practice and their success and their money and all of that, you know, on Instagram. You know, there's a constant flow of energy and, and, and information. And I've, I'm always talking to my best friend about it. How do you not compare yourself? How do you not give into that pressure? And you have to trust yourself, trust what you're doing now, trust now. Like, matin, what happens tomorrow? You why stress about it? You can't control it. You don't know. You don't know if you're gonna live. You don't know if you're gonna die. You don't. Know, you don't know nothing, right? So you can't stress about um that, and you can't stress about comparing yourself to other people. Everybody is telling a different story. Well, Evie, I can't compare myself to you. You're a father. You work. You lived in Canada. You can't compare yourself to me. I'm 23. I'm still a student. I'm an artist. Like we have different narratives and different definition of humanity. So comparing yourself to Someone that doesn't even share the same walk of life with you is just destructive and toxic. You can admire someone, you can take notes on someone, um, their good qualities and their work ethic. Yeah, like I'm surrounded by, I have amazing friends who work hard every day, and I'm so inspired by them every day. But I, not once I compare myself to them, you know, because it's not it's not productive. It, it's not going to bring you anywhere. So you have to really. St- Say that to yourself every day that you're on your own path. Like una shine pao Like you're not walking hand in hand with XYZ. Yes, you may look at stare at each other and wave at each other while you walk your the path, but you can be behind, you can be in the middle, you can be up front. So you can't you have to really, you know, remind yourself of that. And it's hard, I'm 23, you know, I'm living in a digital age. I grew up in the digital age where, wow, okay, I need to make it. I need now, I need this, I need that, now, 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 now you know, and yeah, sometimes, you know, you're human, I'm flesh, I do sometimes like, shit, photogafsa, damn, like, he's killing it, like, what am I doing wrong, what am I not doing enough of, like, I hate myself, I hate this, you know, obviously, because we're human, but sometimes I have to step back and be like, yo, listen, this is not productive, what your brain is doing, and your brain lies to you, plays tricks on you, your brain works 24-7, you have to learn how to let these thoughts go in the right ear and go to the, the left ear, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, because your brain is, is an organ as well. So sometimes you really have to like let these thoughts pass, but know that these thoughts are not definitive and they don't, they're not going to determine your life. Um, if that makes sense.
0: It makes total sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes total but, sense because you need but, to, but do, need to it's hard. It's hard it's because hard. you, and again, the thing is, as I like to call it, the algorithm is getting yeah. better and better at, mm-hmm. you know, just fighting for our attention. Yeah, and they're getting a hell of a lot more sneaky. I'm not even making this up, you know. Right yeah, now, you have right. psychoanalysts working for the manufacturers, yep. you know, just to make sure that your attention is always, always, always on point. Yeah, and right. you need to be mindful of that. Yeah, you know?
1: and social and... media. Sorry, please go ahead. Sorry, no, go you... ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was yeah, social media. I mean, I, I, I'm a product of social media. Like, I'm a kid who grew up with the with the early stage. I grew up in Instagram. I remember when it just came out. I was the first prototype, me and my friends in high school, you know? So now we have information constantly flowing through our phones. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I pick up my phone to make a phone call. I hang up, and I'm on Instagram for 30 minutes. I don't know where the time goes. So sometimes you have to really really stop yourself because we are now in a digital age of presentation and marketing and presenting oneself. Um, So we really have to be careful. Yeah, it's exhausting that's sometimes, a, man. Sometimes you gotta log out. But
0: it is, it is. Yeah, when you I, I highly recommend people from time to time, if you've never done it, if somebody people need agree. to take a, a digital purge. You need to take a digital, digital purge burn. and just like exactly. take off everything off your phone. Just leave it yes. on phone or texting exactly. for emergencies, obviously. But first exactly. of all, you're gonna realize life still goes on. That is one of like yep. the most sobering lessons I've learned on this path called life. Is like it mm-hmm. goes on. Yeah. Life doesn't wait for you, okay? No. Life doesn't. doesn't. So life keeps going on. And it's so refreshing to hear this perspective. Like you say, you know, you're yeah. you're again, like I said, you're the basic example of the digital age. And you know what? It's important to always stay mindful of the fact that of our human condition. You can't yeah. keep up. It is unhealthy to keep up to keep up. It,
1: you, yeah, it is very unhealthy to keep up. Um you can't, you can't keep up with you can't keep up with with everyone, and now with the idea of the live story, people are, 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 posting the now. You know, you don't even need to post on your feed now, you can just post on your story. So, wow, like, <laughs> you just have so many bubbles up that you need to keep up for, to, with, but you don't, you don't need to, you know, like you said, you gotta disconnect.
0: You gotta disconnect. disconnect. You gotta disconnect.
1: Yeah. Disconnect yourself from everything that makes you compare yourself to other people. And if it's social media, step back, you know?
0: But thankfully, good. Mm-hmm. Thank Lord. I didn't disconnect 48 hours ago.
1: <laughs> thank God. <laughs> see what I did
0: there? Segway, yeah, See what yeah. I did there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, I, of course. Next session I
0: well. can't. No, not at all. Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Cause, cause uh, I don't want people to miss out on all the excitement. I, there's absolutely no way we can cover your entire and very impressive body of work from your photography projects to your video projects, you know, to your publications and your articles and your blog and everything. But we have to talk about nothing. We have That's to talk about that because it is, like I said, I don't know <laughs> why or how, but it really moved me, Steven. And I'm really using these words as innocent and as honestly as I can. It really so moved much. me. Thank I don't you. know if it's because I haven't been home in a while. I haven't been sure. home since 2017. Sure. But again, I enjoyed the genuine aspect. Again, Could it's you. probably because... I don't know for an outside person, like somebody who's not within our culture totally, I'm not sure if the experience is going to be different. Probably true. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, just Jinnan's dress design, Uh, the settings that you chose, the words that you chose, the way you were saying them, because it's just one simple, a few words. Moi, c'est haitien. I am Haitian, but... The intonation, and guys, no, I'm not spoiling it for you because, again, it is a truly (laughs) genuine, honest, personal experience. So you guys take whatever you can out of it. But for me, I am hearing Stephen saying, I am Haitian. This is amazing. I am Haitian. This is my burden. I am Haitian. This is my struggle. I am Haitian. This is my joy. I am Haitian. Wow. This is my fear. I am Haitian. This is my heritage. I am Haitian. And I don't know. That's how I felt it, and I don't know. Well, this it was is this...
1: Olivier. This is it. This is you. This is what it is. Like you perfectly, perfectly described it in, in your own meaning, in your own words. This is what. what is. Where did that start? Where did it start from? I'm
0: right. curious. So,
1: the idea of rentré started with me having this realization. I recently, maybe last summer, heard the word blanc. Right? I was in Haiti and I, uh, in the street, you're blanc, oh, papa, chté, blanc oh, papa, you know, and for the first time ever, Olivia, I stopped and I was like, hmm, blanc, you know, like white that boy. word, white boy, that word, that, that word, first of all, might be a word of endearment, often and not, it's a word of exclusion, right? It and is. It's not, rec- it's not until recently, I'm like, hmm. I'm not white, Olivier. I am Middle Eastern Haitian. I'm not Caucasian. You know, so I like started breaking down the word to its actual, like, blanc, name. Blanc, blanc, blanc. Ça, ça veut dire blanc. Blanc, c'est colonisant. Blanc, c'est, the colonizers that came, right? The Spanish, the American, the French. Mais mm-hmm. blanc. You know? <laughs> so I started the dissecting I started, and I grew up, to, I moved to the U.S. and I saw another side of racism, um, with my, um, racism happening, Towards and against, you know, I'm having two of my black brothers and sisters in the States and my people of color, you know, Latino, Arabs, Muslim, anything, with the rise of the Trump administration, I was there, I was in college when Trump was elected, you know, and I even covered the Trump election at USA Today when I was interning, so that whole climate. That whole climate of That must racism.
0: have been a very interesting atmosphere very, in the newsroom.
1: Very interesting atmosphere in the newsroom. Well, that's like another can of worms. But, <laughs> you know, so it's like I, I'm seeing, I'm conceptualizing racism for myself. I'm seeing it happen to people. And I'm like, Stephen, step back. Have you ever felt any sort of racial discrimination? Olivier, I kid you not, I was like, wow. Yes, in a different form, you mm-hmm. know, back home. You know, I was never really fully accepted by my community just because I was lighter skinned or just because, you know, I spoke English well or just because my hair was a certain way, just because mm-hmm. I didn't look, fit the part of a typical Haitian. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not calling this racism. I don't like, I'm still trying to come to terms with the di- discrimination I face.
0: Discrimination.
1: Right? And mm-hmm. it was a form of discrimination. I can't hide it. You know, and I can't sugarcoat it because, I mean, it is what it is. And, yes, I mean, yes, I face discrimination, but I was privileged enough to go to school and, you know, have a car and, you know, la l'école, you know what I'm saying, have food on my dinner table every day. But I'm not mm-hmm. talking about privilege. I'm talking about just discrimination. I'm not talking about class. I'm not talking about anything else.
0: Just being I'm, singled out as the other.
1: Out. That's how I started conceptualizing. But then again, I was like, no, you have to now put in all the narratives obviously So I'm like hmm, okay, I'm feeling this and I started feeling very bad about myself like am I not Haitian enough? am I not this am I not that am I not that And then I started working on this project in September as my as a as my studio practice at school at Parsons started developing it there And I'm like, okay I. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I tell myself I'm, I'm more Haitian than some Haitians that fit the part. You know? And I, I told myself Haiti has embraced me. Haiti, the land, the culture, the history, the food, Haiti itself, the essence of Haiti has hugged me, has adopted me as their, as children. But it's the Haitians, it's the people living in Haiti who have chosen to exclude other narratives from the Haitian narrative. And I'm not talking about people that look like me. I'm also talking about Grimo Grimel, people who are of mixed race, who have, um, faced colorism within their community, people who are gay, lesbian, bi, trans, who have practiced different religions like, um, Islam, um, you know, in Buddhism that are Haitian that have been excluded from that. So just
0: started, for being different.
1: That's for being different. So it started from my outside appearance to wow, my friends, are hurting because they're mixed. You know, they're mulat, they're grimel, they're grimo. They're being excluded from certain conversations. Or, wow, I have my gay friend who is excluded. I have my Muslim Haitian friend who has no home, nowhere to turn. You know? And you have Haitians, other people really kind of excluding excluding them from from that narrative. So I was like okay the word Haitian packs a punch because there is no kind of rule book to say how a Haitian should be should look should act like if the country has adopted you if you're Haitian if you are fighting for the country you know the history you're your your Haiti is ha- Olivier, Haiti is my home like I have no nowhere else. So what? People tell me I'm not Haitian where am I supposed to go? You know? Mhm. Um, so say that's that's what started all these ideas that I have been conceptualizing. And I'm sorry, I'm getting a little passionate. I have met you're the first person I am having an open conversation of about you know I'm honored. I'm honored. yeah, <laughs> yeah, so this is you're the first person to really talk about the film, So I want to get in as much as I can. So yeah, so that's where it started. and I started looking at locations, you know where. I felt trauma. Where I felt peace, up in the mountains, I felt peace. I was in a Italian soccer soccer team I remember I used to play soccer at school, and they used to call me Masisi because I couldn't kick a ball right. So I went to soccer. I went back to the place of trauma, where I could yell these things.
0: Or to I went face back, the trauma. Yeah,
1: to face the trauma. To face this. To be like, yo. I can be Masai and be Haitian. I can be lesbian and be Haitian. I can be Muslim and being Haitian. And these words that i even telling you right now will if will stir some people up because we're so scared to associate being Haitian. Well, hopefully so. Minorities. It has to happen. Yeah, hopefully so. Um, I I hope it boils people's bloods. <laughs> I would I would hope so, because people don't want to attach other. And you know, like, these words are labels, obviously. These words are for humans to understand each other, which, which I hate these labels, but because they're very limiting, but we don't attach other ways of life with, with being Haitian. And why? You know, why? And so Lepré is all of that and more. And I don't even know if I can explain Lepré into words, you know, and I try my best to write a little blurb about it and all that, but it's like you, it's saying, you know, the, the happy, the sad, the this, the that, it is all of that. You know, Halantri is a study of Haiti three motion. um, three motion of the artist, the character itself in the screen, and the audience consuming that art, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, wow. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lot. No, no, but, no. Yeah.
0: no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Like I said, yeah. I'm honored. Um, because it's, again, yeah, upon initial report, watch.
1: Yeah. And- sure.
0: I definitely understand because, again, art is about expression and yeah. art is about experience. And Banatri definitely right. is an experience. There is right. no way to express it. You have, yeah, when people no tell it, you what we are, you have to see it to believe it, you have to see it for yourself. It's true. I'm yeah. just going to compare it it's really it's really a dumb expression but it's just I'm just segueing my my brain just sometimes goes all the wobble. Like, <laughs> some some people can talk to you about Paris, you see yeah. postcards, you see movies, mm-hmm. but when we went to Paris, when we were privileged enough to get to Paris, my wife and I,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we landed and we went on the Champs-Élysées and stuff and you know when you're in there, you yeah. understand like, "Oh, oh, now I get yeah. it." Yeah. was <laughs> like, yeah. "Okay, yeah. so that's definitely something that When I tell people, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, you need to watch and you you need to experience it for yourself is definitely something (laughs) I feel. And why I felt it was courageous on your part is because the expression of authentic love for this place that you call home is infectious. And when I tell people you need to watch it with an open mind and... That is the words I'm using very powerfully because I know my people. I know my comrades and I know where I grew up in. It is not an easy watch for some people because I know exactly where their eyes are going to go. I know exactly what they're going to critique. It's going to come from all places. And that's why I want to tip my hat to you and all honest um, so appreciation and humility because it's a courageous piece. Thank it is know. a very courageous piece because you're putting yourself out there. Your name is there. It's your piece and you stand by it. Yeah. And I don't know where this is going to go. And again, um, how long did it take you to produce? I know there's a behind the scenes video of it, but you know, was it a long production? Uh, what was um, the logistics behind that?
1: Yeah. 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 Um, thanks for asking that. And also thank you, Olivier for your kind words and giving me a platform to talk about this piece. Um. Thank you, because the piece itself is not something easy to talk about because it packs up all of these topics. But yeah, so production-wise, I think God, I would say God was with me because this should have taken a month. It took a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, So, but it did not take a week to create. This has been in conception, in birth, in labor or whatever, in my womb for a year.
0: Oh wow! Okay. It
1: started with what I was telling you this last summer when I was like, not a year, but like I was eight months, eight months, but almost a year. When I heard the word blind, I started dissecting it for the first time again with a f- fresh perspective. That's when that started. I wrote the script in September of last year um, with my, with the help of my f- amazing faculty at school that drafted it with me, that walked me through it, my peers and everything. I wrote the treatment for it. I wrote the storyboard. I um, picked out locations of where I wanted to perform in Haiti. And I started gathering a team of Haitians. And I knew I wanted 100% that this piece is 100% Haitian made from creatives in Haiti, living in Haiti. And I wanted to make that very, very clear and important in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want, this is not a, this is not Stephen Baboon's piece, this is our piece. You know, this is all of the artists involved. They really, really, I wanted us to lift that piece up together because I can't do it alone because it's scary. It's a scary thing because it's putting yourself out there. So when you crash, you crash alone. And I wanted a team to lift up the narrative a little bit more to give me their input to give me their expertise to give me their talent to sprinkle their love their passion their energies into it so that plus uh-huh. plus you know the more hands that we have to hold this piece the more we can carry it up you know the more you can hold it up for a long time so i started recruiting my friends filmmakers in haiti 10. Ted and Jean-Claude Michel, who are amazing photographers and content creators in Haiti. Um, they were, they helped me shot it. Um, my sister, Natalia Carl-Johnson, um, my best friend who shot the, the who helped me shoot the piece. Um, my uh, my good friend, Sia Auguste, who was production, who did production assistant, who, who was there um, to help out to take behind the scenes photos. I had Jinan Deoulot, my God, who designed the dress, I, and I was in talks with her for a month, kind of conceptualizing, but she right off the bat knew what I wanted and she did what she did and she created an amazing piece that I could perform in. I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and talked to a couple locals, talked to a couple people who can help me drive around and and really drafted the script and did a second draft, a third draft, a fourth draft. And if you see the first draft, it's so different from now and you know consulting my peers in new york different haitian artists in new york um like i think i consulted kilamuelon um who's an artist in new york photographer i i, I think i briefly talked like i talked to her when it was like in development mm-hmm. um i don't and i talked to in kilipulemondo de la de la tour who's another haitian here i remember i was talking to to, to her about it. Nick nunduta who's like i have to say these names cuz they were really part of the process um who's my best friend who's I talked to a little briefly about what I was doing. So
0: again, what we were talking about, you know, it's all important about the network of people exactly. of support that you surround yourself with the right exactly. people who believe in your vision, exactly. who support your dream. You can't these do it alone.
1: People, these people took not one dime from me. You know, I told them off the bat, I, I know right. how it is to be a creative, but I am also emerging and uh, this is more than just a piece. Like this is, this is, this is more, I believe it and they believed in it. And I'm so grateful. And shout out to the whole team. Like, I'm so grateful they took a chance. Because they could have been easily like, uh, I don't want my name attached to this monstrosity, this craziness. Mm-hmm. Because it could put some people in danger, you know? Um, Sadly enough to say, you know, but... But it's true. But it's true. yeah, so, As
0: painful as uncomfortable as to say, as you know, this is the platform to is. let people know. It's a truth that we have to put out. We have yeah. to take acknowledgement, acknowledge our own baggage, yeah. our own legacy, and to... The, yeah. the, history, the history we've drawn for ourselves.
1: Exactly. Um, you're right. And then, so in October 2018 of last year, I flew to Haiti for a week and with God's grace, I shot it in a week with the help of my amazing friends, support system, um, these amazing Haitian creatives that are doing amazing work. Um, and then went back to New York and had several sessions with my, faculty, with my faculty, with my peers, with other artists, looking through the footage, kind of selecting what we need, what parts worked, how we present the piece, how we edit the piece, how we color corrected the piece, what music goes. Um, and the you drums. actually
0: went to other people to curate yeah. your work?
1: And like to, to give <sighs> their opinions. How dare yeah. you? I know. Oh, my God. No, you can't do that. But um, <laughs> But yeah, I wanted as many opinion as possible, Olivier, so when the piece was out, there were no holes, there were no cracks, everything was solidified, and the piece was confident and stands alone. Obviously, yeah, there are cracks. People may dissect it, may criticize it, and please, by all means, this is what I want, this is what I live for as an artist. But it was a lot of consultation, a lot of praying, a lot of trial and error, a lot of uh, things going wrong doing shoots, but... Finally conceptualized it and presented it, and uh, I released it. Um, I think three days ago, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and it's making ripples. Yeah. It's making I, I would, ripples. I You're would, on a podcast talking I won't, about it now. I won't, yes. hours later.
1: Such an honor, honestly, and and hopefully it makes more ripples to start dialogues within our community.
0: No, we're going to, we have to keep going. This conversation is definitely something that needs to be had. Um, I firmly believe that, uh, because as again, there are so many can of worms in that one piece. It's a short piece, but that says a lot about our history, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot about our upbringing, about all the work that we need to do on ourselves. And the acceptance, first of all, that we need yeah. to take ac- into account before we yeah. judge, uh, before exactly. we accuse, because it would exactly. be easy to point fingers at our upbringing, our parents, yeah. our history. Exactly. But exactly. we need to shift the mindset um, exactly. we need moving to shift forward. The mindset.
1: Yeah. And the conversation everything. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly that's exactly it.
0: Are we trying to, so you promoted on, on, on the different socials about, um, again, I'm not sure what the circuit is like, you know, within promoting a short film, like, you know, what would be the, 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 the path, like, you know, a festival, Ah, uh, how how does that happen?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm thinking of, well, I am in the process of submitting it to different festivals. Like you said, different publication. I really want to show it in New York and Haiti and have like a workshop day where we view the film and we dialogue. We all talk about it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I really want to do that. This piece is not meant, well, for me, it's not meant to be like, wow, this is a beautiful piece. A museum picks it up and they show it, you know. This piece, I mean, that would be amazing. That would be great. But this piece really is needs to be accessible, you know. And I say that, like it needs to, anyone from any socioeconomic background, walk of life or where you live, this piece needs to be in a space where we can all come together with all different narratives to talk about it or to view it. So for me, I would ideally want it to be in a in an educational setting or a forum setting, um, as well. So different workshops, I'm submitting it to different organizations, different festivals, different publications. But it's really so hard when it's like you're a one man show. You know, I don't have a team yet. You know, I don't have a management yet. You know, so you're just growing and navigating on your own. So. Yeah, pushing it. Social media has been great, you know, against I'm a product of the digital age, the social media space. So, And my friends who have been different artists like Kanis. Oh, my God. Shout out to to her. Sharing it. Amazing. She's so amazing. um, And Anya Lea sharing it um and other people my amazing friends on twitter and instagram sharing it so very word of mouth and people really believe in me so that's what that I'm. That right that is and, one of the strength
0: that is one of the strength yeah. of our community isn't it yeah téléjol.
1: yeah téléjol, we're really good at that and i'm sure i'm i'm in different whatsapp groups groups now like <laughs> you know, sending the links i know I'm, I'm i have a feeling i'm in I'm in people's
0: group chats. On that you're side. in a lot of group chats right now. Just for oh, me, yeah. like you know, we're my friends and I had a lot of exchanges just yesterday no, about. Have no. you seen this thing? Have you seen this thing? <laughs> Have you? Did you see this thing? Like you need I to like it. watch it. Watch it now, Thank man. You. Um, I know we're coming up on top of the hour. I don't want to keep you, but yeah, uh, there's yeah. so much we could be touching on, Stephen. But this has yeah. been a tremendous opportunity, Thank and so much, um, um just opening it up into the universe. Yeah. I know I say this to everybody, but just want you to know, yeah. Yeah. open invitation. Thank Anytime you. your busy thank schedule you. allows, <laughs> every time we can make thank it happen, you. we'll definitely yeah, yeah. make it happen. But it yeah. is a true privilege and an honor to share this space of yes. your wisdom and vision. And it's with all gratitude that I want to thank you. And of course, wish you nothing but courage and success thank thank and you. greatness You know, in your path and ongoing creative journey. Because it's such a vibrant and impactful one. So I want to thank really you congratulate so you and thank wish you, so you nothing much. but the best.
1: Thank you so much, my friend. And and I want to say thank you so much for even giving me the opportunity to talk about this and, and opening up and having a dialogue. Honestly, this is what I live for, like these conversations. So, and thank you for being open-minded and thank you for being very, uh, having people from walks of life and different experiences join your podcast. I think it's very important for people to hear these glimpses of wisdom. So thank you so
0: much what for what you're doing. That's what I try. I do try. So much. We're trying. I always like to leave the floor to the guest as yeah. a parting, as a parting tradition, basically has become a parting tradition after 80 <laughs> episodes, a Congrats. kind word, uh, just a kind thought, words of wisdom, a quote, just a call to action. Beautiful. Anything, you know, a part, uh, just a basic thought that we can all wake up with tomorrow. And I take that next step towards the next level. Beautiful. Yes. And it, Anything you you want to share? um,
1: I'm actually, yeah. (laughs) I want to say, take this opportunity to really say that I want to talk about the world, but I I want to be specific to my Haitian community in Haiti. Take your time. Um, I want to say that if the country is not moving politically, it is up to us to have the, move, the, the, the country move socially. And what I mean by that is that we need to love each other. We really need to be compassionate. We need to listen. We need to, our f- first reaction needs to stop being rejection. But okay, I have my patient sibling who's feeling this way and who is this way. Why, how, where, you know? Socially in the sense that we need to open dialogues and really embrace communities that are being persecuted because if we're not united, we can't move. We can't move together. You know, we're always gonna be divided, and that's what politics does to us. They d- divide us. So we need to be very kind to each other, very, very, very and it sounds cliche and it sounds this, but I mean it with my whole heart. Kind and loving and listening to each other. Um that's for my Haitian community. I guess that also translates to the world as a whole. So yeah, that's 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 my parting. Love Namu. Lamu is Haitian Creole for love. And that word, I stand by it, and I will always stand by it because that's the only, the only cure, really. So, that's my piece of wisdom.
0: <laughs> wow, I'm sorry, it's like it's not the, it's just, I'm, I don't know. It just, it really tugged at the heartstrings just now. I'm just yeah. listening to the words and taking them in, and it really, really touched me. Yeah. Stephen Baboon, yes. thank yes. you so much for thank your you time work. and wisdom and such genuine personality, man. Thank it's you been so much. a treat um just you know shameless plug where can the listeners find you over the interwebs
1: <laughs> ah shameless plug my favorite part <laughs> they can find me on instagram at steven baboon um, s-t-e-v-n-b-a-b-o-u-n i have a website Stephenbaboon.com. you can view my portfolio at stevenbaboon on twitter at Stephen Baboon photo on facebook what else what else what else <laughs> so yeah that's that's what definitely. you definitely
0: all the links yeah. will be available on the on the blog post of the episode once it goes live. Don't worry Ooh, about it. I'll make sure that all the interwebs and especially Rentre will have a prominent feature ah, on the blog post. Definitely, guys, he is Steven Baboon, photographer, provocateur. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you should put it out, so I've got to put it out. Love it. Guys, do check out his website in his gallery. It's it's definitely a, a visual treat and it's definitely That's worth the visit. Uh, Rentre, short film. Uh we guys really need to experience it for yourself. Please yeah. do. I'm gonna say it again please go watch rentree and again please go say hi and subscribe and you know just show steven some love and everywhere you can find him again all the links will be available on the interwebs i am your host Odivide. this other episode of the awaken the awesome podcast just wanting you guys thank you so much for your time availability do subscribe and share the episode if you found any form of you know love affection appreciation wishing you guys to stay safe and please do stay awesome This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We do love to get your feedback, so please drop us a line. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review. We always do appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.